Welcome to the podcast of Sozo Church. For more information about Sozo, please visit sozosmtx.com. Hey, Sozo, how are you? You good? Turn to your neighbour and say, bold men are sexy. Come on. If you want to use your testosterone to grow hair, we'll have at it. <laughs> How are you? You good? Good to be with you again. I think this is my second time here. Uh, it's kind of Texas feels like home. It's really starting to get grow on me. It's the second time I've been to Texas this week. I've been to Australia. I've been to Sydney and Melbourne. So I was in San Antonio last week, then Sydney, then Melbourne, now here. Hey, not a bad effort, hey. <laughs> no wonder I've got no hair. So, so it's been good. So we're in the, a very exciting time uh, for Susie and I. We are on, about to become a senior pastor of a church, which is going to be a shock for them. Um, <laughs> because it's quite amazing when you live by faith, when you've got to trust God for the last four years we have, and God's been amazing, truly is amazing. And now it's like, now we're in a position where it's like, like I didn't have a fear of man before. Now I find people funny, <laughs> which is like next level. It's like, uh, when you understand that and you have real freedom in that, then I believe you can lead. See, if we, when you, you can never lead people that you fear, that you're intimidated by, that you worry about losing them. <laughs> Um, I, I, I've already had this plan, you know, if, if people don't like me as the senior pastor, they all leave, that'll be awesome. <laughs> because I could just liquidate the assets, put it into my prophetic ministry and just travel the world and upgrade my flights. <laughs> That's bad, isn't it? But it's true. And you've got to understand that what God is doing in the world, even right now, is re-engineering the church. It's, a reformation is already starting to happen. And even while I sat with your leaders and, man, you are so blessed with these two naughty little people, I'm excited because he does not, there's, there's things in Joel that are yet to come. Come on. There are things that are yet to actually be articulated. There are things that yet be uh, strategized. There's, there's forms and models of leadership and evangelism and of discipleship that you are gonna be the forerunner of, the both of you. You know, like you already got a great Sunday. Like I go, I'm, I, Hillsong, Planet Shakers, I know all those guys, like and Bethel and all of them. It's like, you, you got that, okay? You got that. It doesn't, let me tell you something. You haven't got, it, what you have, not get any better as far as that goes, unless angels come and play the guitars, <laughs> which would be cool. <laughs> but you're gonna have, you'll experience that in about 70 years time, okay? <laughs> Some of you maybe sooner. <laughs> bit, that was like slow detonation, that one was like, I'm in Texas. And, and so you've got to understand, it does, it, but what I can see God doing with Sozo, this is a real word, like I got a big download. My word, you know, I wish, I've, I've got probably thousands of messages in my computers and iPads and notes and stuff. But, you know, some of them I get to do, but this one is straight from the hip. 
Like, you got to understand that, that it's not as polished as most of my podcasts, you know. <laughs> but I'm saying this, you, you're at a precipice. You're at it like, you could just fold in and just do Great Sunday. You could just keep tweaking this thing and keep gathering people and, you know, do that. You know, buy an auditorium or something like that. Do that. Amen. <laughs> or you could actually create a movement. You could actually start, and I get this, you could actually start to flow in something. A focused flow. Not like, like get, get focused in flowing with what God is starting to do amongst you. L- let me say this. What if you just focused? <laughs> Who knows you get breakthrough right there? You know, some of us, wonder, all you need is focus. It's amazing. What would you do if you could just focus? 10,000 hours and you become an expert at something. It's all it takes, 10,000 hours, which I think is about three and a half years doing seven days a week, eight days, okay? So it's a fair commitment. If you, if you want to spend just three hours a week on something, it'll take you 65 years. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> so the, the time you're you know, ready to retire, you're starting to know something. So attending church for 65 years, maybe twice, three hours a week, you might be starting to get there at 65. Come on. Whereas you have to focused, you actually decide, you know what? Because all of you are called. All of you are called. Even if you don't know Jesus this morning, guess what? You're calling, you're sitting on it. <laughs> You've got to understand that. I'm just calling you out of it. You know, look, look. in my weird world, I, I do a lot of discipling, counselling, but I call it discipling. I'm making people die, you know, like a, a die, like you change the colour of something or you press something into it. So I disciple people into Jesus, even unbelievers. So I had a session where I spent 10 weeks for two hours. So I did 20 hours discipling 12 doctors. I left school at 16. And I intimidated them because <laughs> I'm carrying someone. In the end, the atheist who was from Baghdad, no, he was from, yeah, from Baghdad, he was the first one to start prophesying. <laughs> and he don't know who Jesus is yet. Funny, hey. So you got to, but I'm saying, in all of this I've learned that, you know, if you can just find that a person's focus, their superpower, and get them to do that. Imagine if all of you came in here, gathered together, focused, just waiting to just be focused more. Because the church is going to go from, I'm telling you right now, from the ministry to the saints, to the ministry of the saints. And I tell you, so-so, you are at the cusp of that. You could stay and do ministry to the saints. You're amazing at it. And people are gathering to it. Or you shift and you start, each and every one of you own your spot in this thing. And you 
and you decide to take it forward. You decide to take your calling and so, so along with it into the four corners of the earth. See, we're going to go stealth. You're going to sneak out and you're going to, you're going to release Jesus in all sorts of crazy ways in all sorts of situations. In all sorts of situations. You know what? You know what I find? I find the easiest people to get healed are people who don't know Jesus. Christians are the hardest. You gotta pray, you gotta pray. You know, oh, does Jesus want to heal me or not? You know, is it maybe he's meant this to bring something good in me? They go into all this theological stuff. Whereas I can remember once being in a gym, as you can tell. <laughs> you just think this is genetics, it's not. <laughs> so I'm in a gym and I walk past a guy who I'd seen before. You know how you see the same sort of person at a bus stop or at the, do you know those people you run through, if you've got a, some sort of regiment in your day, you'll probably run across similar people, you know, at the gym or at work or on your way to work. Do you know what I'm saying? Some of you go to work, hopefully. <laughs> you don't know them, but you know their face. So this guy was one of those people you say good day to, or howdy. And so I'm talking to this guy, and I noticed that he had his arm all strapped up, and it was like in a brace. And I walk past him, and the Lord goes, Muzz! Now, who knows? You don't need a word of knowledge. You don't need God to ask God, oh, what do you want me to do? You know what that's called? A word of observation. Someone has got something wrong with them. <laughs> Ever notice someone in a shopping centre or something, and they're in a wheelchair, or they're on crutches? And you notice that? That's called a word of observation. <laughs> There's something wrong with them. <laughs> you know, and you go, oh, is there something wrong with your leg? So I say to this guy, I introduce myself for the first time. Oh, hi, I'm Muzz. He stands up. Now, this guy, I then find out the next day, is the Australian, if not the Commonwealth, kickboxing champion of Australia, middleweight, so 75 kilos. So he can knock you out with either his fists or his feet. And so he stands up and I go, oh, hey, Ben, can I pray for your arm? And he goes, yeah. And these bright blue eyes look straight across this broken arm, straight at me. So I had to look straight back with my green eyes back at his blue eyes. <laughs> Put my hand on it and say, Lord Jesus, I think you love Ben and, you're gonna, and you are, I didn't give him an out. You know how God doesn't need an out? Doesn't need a subclause if you want to heal him. Come on. My God doesn't need an out. He doesn't need a subclause in case he's not capable of doing it or if he's not in a good mood to do it. Now God is not fickle. He is good all the time, even if you're not. Is that true? So lay hands on Yeah, give Jesus a clap. That's awesome. This is not golf. So pray for him. Guess what? Two days later, I'm in an, uh, like a mezzanine part of the floor and I get this, hurt. I wish I could whistle. And it's Ben. And he's holding up his hand with, no, with just like a uh, neoprene glove on. And he's going like this. It's perfect. It's perfect. You don't out from the gym. Next day I go in and there's this bang, like this crack, crack in the gym. And he's at the bag putting dents in it with this hand. <laughs> Two weeks later, 
He goes to New Zealand, and this is the best part, and knocks out the New Zealand guy. <laughs> in Australia, that is like mega. We don't care where we come. We do really good in the Olympics. For our, we're only 27 million people, and we come about fourth or fifth up against you, mega people. But what we really care about, as long as we beat New Zealand. <laughs> and right now, Ben has asked me, he asked me to bless him because he's in Canada now, he's about to knock a Canadian out. <laughs> and he's going to do it tonight. He's going to knock a Canadian out with that hand. And then he's going to get down, he's going to propose to his girlfriend. Oh, I know girls. He's going to fight. What a, what a, you know, he's going to be there with blood hanging off him and the other guy with a torn ear or something. And he's going to get down on one knee. It's like a movie. Because I've been on to him because ever since then, ever since he, ever since he got healed, he listens to me. Okay, Benny, this guy, because he brought her to meet me two days and he calls it the thing. So Zoe, this is, this is Muzz and he did the thing. He did that thing to my arm because she knew it had broken it. And so now I'm discipling them, speaking into the life, telling them, look, you two, you need to get married. This is what God, and I just tell them, this is what God's plan to you. I'm talking like they're two young adults having sex in, out, like in your church, and you're like, no, 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 no. You just sort this out. This is what God wants for you. And they're like, okay. They don't fight me. They don't give me any excuses. Let's go, yeah, we probably should do the right thing, hey. Of course you, that's honour. And I had to teach him about honouring her. Okay, come on, are you hearing me? You've got so much stuff in you because you've got Jesus. You'd be amazed who you could pastor. Anybody know any crazy people? <laughs> Anybody know anybody that's life is a total train wreck? <laughs> yeah, who's knows, who knows poor people that, that are crazy? Who knows wealthy people that are crazy? Middle class, struggling in their marriages. See, you know, guess what? You got Jesus, you got their answer. And you got to understand this, church. We're trying to bring them in here to fix them. When, we, when here is trying to send you there. Let me read you a scripture for all your religious people so that you're kind of with me. <laughs> I've got a couple that I want to read to you. Because listen to me, you are going to flow. You're either, you're either going to dam up and be a pool and an awesome pool. I see that you build them in your communities. You like pools. Australians like the ocean. Full of kill things that'll eat you, sting you and gobble you up, but make swimming really... Exciting. <laughs> no wonder we can as well swim. Uh, let me say this. Let me, let me read this to you. Which one? We'll go here. Probably one of the most prophetic verses in the whole Bible is in Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. For all you prophets, first. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form, void. And darkness covered the face of the earth. Some of your versions say it was chaos. It was chaos. Guess where our realm is? Chaos. Crazy. Dysfunctional. Darkness. 
And he says, it was without form. And it was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. <laughs> and then God said, let there be light. And there was light. <laughs> That's you. You see, so you wanna, we want a kind of a sanitized, squeaky queen Christianity. We want to be like Ed Flanders. And that's what the world has tried to distribute, that we're, we're killjoys, that we're irrelevant. Let me tell you something. We're supposed to be cutting edge. We're supposed to be prophetic. We're not supposed to be relevant. We're supposed to be ahead of the curve. What they should be looking at us, Petrus. People should have a file on the church to find out what's the latest trend. What's the latest thing? Because the church has the latest thing. But often now what we're kind of doing is seeing what the world does and react to it. See, so God is wanting to, let me, let me, let me put this. I don't know if I can see. It's, let there be light. See, see, God was hovering over the face of the waters. Over the face of the waters. It's all wishy-washy and it's all over the place. In John 7, verse 37, I hope you can capture this, is that on, that, on the last day, John 7, 37, and verse 38, on the last day, the great day, isn't that interesting? We just read about the first day. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink and he who believes in me, as the Scripture says, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Let me tell you something. If you're a believer, you're a river. Amen. If you're a believer, you're a river. If you're a river, you're a, if you're a believer, you're a fountain. If you're a, if you're a believer, you have a never-ending flow of life coming out of you. If you're a believer... You have more coming out of you than what can ever come towards you. <laughs> it's like, you know, you know, spiritual warfare and all that sort of stuff. You know, have you heard of that? You know, praying in tongues till you burst a blood vessel in your neck. <laughs> I just find being joyful just causes hell to go into chaos. I find that being peaceful causes the enemy to go into anxiety. I find that being loving and kind and generous <laughs> breaks stuff. Because there's two things that really reflect the Father. Just two things. You just have to do two things and you will reflect the Father. Give and forgive. There's the two things that represent God. And like Pastor was saying before, and you could feel him nailing you. Give. Give. I mean, just at any opportunity, give. Be generous. Be stupid. Yeah. Like, you, you, you haven't worked it out yet, but I worked it out from, from a person who lives literally hand to mouth, from a person that travels all over the world and no savings, no nothing, nothing. I don't even have a credit card. Lost it in an airport somewhere. But you know what? You know what the Lord said to me about that? I said, who's ever prayed? God, you know where that phone is and all of that stuff. He goes, yeah, I know. I got it. <laughs> and he's laughing. You ever had one of those friends that takes stuff and moves it on you? 
just to watch you freak out. Jesus invented that. That's why Jesus would vanish. I'm going to write a message. I was telling John, people who lost baby Jesus. Imagine Mary and Joseph. Remember, they lost Jesus. The disciples would lose Jesus. God's an expert at just missing things. Because it's a big deal. Because you know what he said to me? I've got the wallet, but I've got you more. Oh, okay. So there's no reason to be anxious, eh? Hey? No, Mars, no. Get on with it. Have fun. All right. Because there's a river in us. And our theology so much needs to change from like me, me, need, need. I'm empty. Um, that I'm lacking. If you've got Jesus, you don't lack a thing. Come on. It's not Jesus' end. As long as I had this and Jesus. No, Jesus is more than enough. I, can, I have proved this over and over again that there's nothing that the presence of Jesus cannot fix. Have you come to that place yet? Because when you understand that, you can go into chaos and into darkness with no fear that the world is going to stain you, that the world is going to influence you. No, 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 no. We've got to be on the front foot, church. Come on. And be, and be that light in darkness. See, it's easy. Let me tell you this. It's easy to see what's wrong, darkness. You can easily, you can go to any church, any family, any business, and you can see what's wrong. You can go to any, you know, what's dysfunctional and what's wrong with it. Does doesn't take any prophetic insight whatsoever. But can you see what's possible in darkness? See, can you see what's possible with a drug addict? Can you see what's possible with, an, with a single mother? Can you see what's possible with an orphan? Can you see what's possible with a criminal? Can you see what's possible with a bankrupt? Can you see what's possible? Because when we will speak to that, prophesy over that, tell them who they really are. Come on. When you start to release life and light, things shift. And things are changing. You're hearing me. Maybe the very thing why blessing isn't happening in your world or around you because you're not the one releasing it. Let me tell you something. We're going to do an exercise tomorrow in the prophetic thing. And you're actually, I can guarantee, I can tell you tomorrow night, if you come to that workshop, you're actually going to get the best prophetic word you've ever gotten. And it's been said to me over and over again, that was the best prophetic word. But you know who's going to give it to you? You. Man, I'm an equipper. Man, we'll have a few words for some few people here just because you're all using your Christian witchcraft on me trying to get me to prophesy over you. <laughs> pick me. Oh, Jesus, get him to pick me. And I'm like, oh. like I'm some sort of voodoo doll that God grabs. And that's, you're hearing me. Look, I've had, I've had prophecies from, I've had, who have I prayed for me? Rodney Howard Brown, Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, Brian Houston, Russell Evans. Uh, all sorts of people, the who's who in the zoo. But I can tell you right now, you know who's given me my best word? Me, because I know what I need. I know what's really going down. Come on. See, what sort of word do you need in your darkness, in the chaos? Maybe there's chaos happening in your world because you're not just speaking over it and you're not bringing who, the, the fountain to it. Have you ever noticed that? 
Come on. We've gone from this very much a consumerism Christianity where, oh, if someone will just help me. That's the, let me tell that's John chapter five in the pool. Oh, there's no man to lift me into the pool. We're not supposed to be in the pool. You're supposed to be in the river. Very interesting. You know the pool of Bethesda? The pool of Bethesda was built by the Romans to one of their pagan gods. And when you read the full God, I spoke to a Jewish guy who's actually been to that thing. It's 33 feet deep. Has a drain at the bottom. Yeah, the water stirred because they pulled a plug at it and they were hoping cripples were gonna get in it because they were gonna flush them. True story. That's the, anybody seen it? The pool of Bethesda, go there. It's 30, it's not just a, oh, they'll dip in and, you know, get healed. Nah, it was a human disposal system. And around it, you're around, it's very, I know, it's really upsetting. <laughs> Some people actually, I preached this in a church that they actually had a pool of Bethesda there and they had this weird thing where people would walk through this thing. I'm going, oh, this is as pagan as it gets. <laughs> people were drinking. People would go and try and bottle the water, drink it. And I'm thinking, you got it, you got it splashing out of you. What are you doing, you idiots? That's Australian for bless you. <laughs> We're seeing, we've got this consumerism when actually you have immense power, immeasurable power coming from you. And we've had the megastars. I can tell you, I can tell you right now, the mega church and the mega super Christian is over. Look, at the world has been doing it before us. The world is trying to say, see, there are no, um, uh, uh, my daughter-in-law is in the music industry, amazingly gifted. But you know what? She's been told, and the music is already saying to her, because of all the different platforms of which exist now to, to podcast music and iTunes, and there's myriads of them, is that true? And, and thousands upon, if not millions, of vocalists and bands putting their stuff out there. But very few are making huge money from it. In fact, that's why you've got like the Beach Boys, the Rolling Stones of all people, still touring because there's no money just coming to them from royalties. They actually have to get out there and tour. They're, the rock star is tanked. The only person, listen to this, the only person two years ago that made any money, only two people used up all the money in Europe, and that was Ed Sheeran and Adele. That's it. In that industry, which is massive. The church is trying to all be thinking, I've got to be this big megastar up on one of these, and then you've made it. God is changing the landscape. Come on. We don't have popular culture. We have fellowship. We have honour. We prefer each other. That you can't go with, through pain without me somehow ministering to that. Come on. That you are, you are never, ever going to be overwhelmed in a situation. 
if you've got Jesus. And God's going to put you, many of you, in lion's dens, going to put you in boardrooms, going to put you in operating theatres, going to put you in police cars in the front seat. And you're going to do that not out of your intellect. You're going to do that from your river. Come on. Who are all the professional people here? Please stand your feet. If you're a doctor, a lawyer, truck driver. You've got some sort of a degree. You're a doctor or something like that, an accountant, something like that. People aren't sure whether they're a doctor or not. That's really freaking me out. Oh, I think I am. I have a crack. <laughs> Father, I pray right now a, a flow of the river in what they do. Father, I pray that your mind, darling, is about the, it's going to be tanked by the river. <laughs> you, sir, you're going to know what you don't know. Ha! <laughs> And that's really difficult. You're going to know what you don't know. You're going to know what you don't know. You're going to discern. All of you are going to discern. Stan, you're going to discern. You're going to see through things. You're going to see through chaos. You're going to see through problems. You're going to see all through dis- You're going to diagnose. You're going to fix things. You're going to know things. And it's going to be a supernatural thing in Jesus' name. Way beyond education. Way beyond your intellect. Way beyond your IQ. Way beyond your EQ. It's going to be way beyond that. Oh, come on, this is not golf. You're going to clap, you've got to go nuts. You've got to do that. And as you step into that, darling, you're going to see God move. You're going to have an expectation of God doing it. Come on. You're going to have an expectation. You're going to be like, I I see you stepping onto the battlefield like David, like not intimidated, not fearful, actually feeling sorry for your enemy, feeling sorry for the problem feeling sorry for it because you're going to so nail it that it's not going to be able to, won't even be able to be a funeral for it. You're going to so fix the problem in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you. Amen. Who are all the drummers? Who are the drummer people? The drummers. Am I saying that right? Drummers. Oh, Michael's here. There's a drummer. The people, how do you know when a drummer's knocking at your door? It gets faster and faster and faster. <laughs> how do you know if the stage is level? I know heaps of these. The drummer drools out of both sides of his mouth. You're the only drummers here, you two. Oh, back there. <laughs> Coming up from there. There's, who owns a drum kit? Stand up. Please. You know, I'm used to. There's not one girl drummer. Are you serious? Come on. All right, Father, I pray that, Lord, for them to come up with something new. Father, I pray that not just be skill, not just be timing, it just not be ability, but God, it would be you. 
that Father, when they play, it would be you. There'd be something in behind that, not just like a vibration of heaven would be in that. There would be impact in that. And that, Father, I pray that, Lord, that for all of you, that evangelism happen while you drum. That the conviction of God has started to move on people in a very, very powerful way, in beyond words, but move people. Truly move people in the name of Jesus. It'd be a supernatural thing. I, I, I would say expect it every time you play. Even when you practice, that, 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 that vibration Stay in the room, stay in the studio, stay in the place where you practice even. That even this room would like still echo with that thing there. Imagine that. All these high school students are about to come into this room tomorrow and it's still vibrating. We're going to invent ways of ambushing people. You are. <laughs> you like that. All right, one other bunch. Who's this bunch? The drummers, the doctors. Oh, this couple here oh, that are going to go to Argentina. I saw you this. I saw, I saw you pointing to food, pointing out food and say, you can eat this and this is how you eat it. You're going to get the Word and you're going to point and you're going to show people what they cannot see, even though it's right in front of them. You're going to bring revelation to them in a big way. And people are going to learn to feed themselves. Come on. And they're going to learn how to eat. There's been kind of like this diet that's not been good. And I can see you bringing correction to some crazy theologies. Witchcraft and all sorts of things are going to break up. Even the blending of some of their stuff. You're going to make a real dividing line and clarity amongst all sorts of Indigenous people in that place. It's going to be amazing in Jesus' name. Come on. Go blow it up in Jesus' name. There's all sorts of people. We've got to, we've got to finish. Well, it's just one more. Is this, is Nathan and Judah, is, is, it's so good to see her like that. Hey, that is awesome. I can know a big prayer. But you will never, ever lack in Jesus' name. You're going to go from faith and you're never going to lack. So now you're using your witchcraft thing now. Stop it. Let's stand. Let's get Pastor Joel up. We've had enough. Was that good? Bless you.